I'm often amazed at the amount of effort that people who wouldn't necessarily regard themselves as Christians put into celebrating Christian festivals, particularly Christmas and Easter. People sacrifice a huge amount of time, effort and money in order to have lights, decorations, presents, food and all the rest of it. And even though we live in an increasingly secular, non-Christian society, uh, there's this huge song and a dance made about Christmas and Easter, albeit for most families, Jesus doesn't feature in the celebrations. But when it comes to Ash Wednesday and the season of Lent in general, they're not quite so popular, are they? I mean, if you don't belong to a church, you could easily miss the fact that they're happening. Ash Wednesday is a time of penitence, a time to recognise our sin, confess it and turn away from it. Of course, you don't need to wait till Ash Wednesday to turn away from your sin. We can do that anytime. But on Ash Wednesday, that's a particular focus. We're also reminded of our mortality. We will all die. I think we're beginning to see why uh, Ash Wednesday isn't quite as popular as Christmas. But as Christians, we know that death isn't supposed to be a thing. It's an intruder in our world, and it's the result of our sin and rebellion against God. The ash that we apply to our foreheads on Ash Wednesday is both a sign of repentance. Uh, In the Old Testament, when people repented, often they would put on sackcloth and put ash on their heads. And it's a sign of our mortality. Remember that you are dust and to dust you will return. So in one sense, that's all pretty gloomy. We're sinful and we're going to die. That's the basic message there except that the ash is applied in the shape of a cross and we are exhorted to repent and believe the gospel because in Christ we have a way out of this predicament and that is very good news. So this isn't gloomy at all, quite the opposite. This is in fact the most hopeful message that we could ever wish to hear. We can be reconciled to God and live with him forever. Our reading from 2 Corinthians began with these words. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So not only are we to be reconciled to God, but we are to be Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal, as though though God were reaching out to people through us. God longs for people to be brought back into a right relationship with him and he urges them to do so through us. Verse 21 said, God made him who had no sin to be sin through for us. In his death, Christ represented us. And now that Christ is no longer physically present in the world, we are to represent him in the power of of the Holy Spirit. What an awesome responsibility and what an amazing sense of purpose we should have. In spite of what our culture tells us, the primary purpose of our lives is not to be happy. Now this can come as quite a shock. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with being happy. It's just not the primary purpose of our lives. The primary purpose of our lives is to be reconciled to God forever and then to help other people be reconciled to God forever. 
Paul talks about what he is willing to endure, what he has endured in his efforts to proclaim the gospel. He says, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way, in great endurance, in troubles, hardships and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights and hunger. If your sole aim in life is to be happy, those are the very things that you will do your utmost to avoid. You don't see people smiling and laughing when they're receiving a sound beating. That's not a happy place to be. Of course, Paul's example is an extreme one. But the point is that Paul is willing uh, to fulfill his purpose at all costs. He knows that the time is now. The message is urgent. God's offer of reconciliation through Jesus must be proclaimed. God's love must be made known and his willingness to endure all things will commend him to those to whom he is sent. But it's not just what he's prepared to endure that makes Paul's message credible. It's also his character. Paul goes on to list some of the characteristics that commend him to his audience. He says, impurity, understanding, patience and kindness in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God. And that godly character that he's describing has been forged by consistently trusting and serving God in the face of severe hardship. This season of Lent is a time to pay particular attention to developing godly characteristics, because without them, we'll be very poor ambassadors of reconciliation. People won't take us seriously. They won't take our message seriously if they don't see that we have been reconciled to God. To develop godly characteristics, we don't need to uh, deliberately seek out hardship, but we do need to be disciplined. If Paul could endure beatings, then maybe we can endure the slight inconvenience of demonstrating God's love to someone in a practical way. If Paul was imprisoned, he had his freedom taken away from him, then maybe we can exercise our freedom by meeting with God's people once a week, normally on a Sunday. It's an amazing privilege that we're able to do this. Christians in other parts of the world are not able to, or they risk their lives in doing so. If Paul engaged in hard work, then surely we can engage in ministry. And again, we're not talking about burning ourselves out. It could be as simple as praying for someone or giving a reading or packing up after church. Everyone has a part to play in the ministry of our church. If Paul experienced sleepless nights and perhaps he was up all night making tents, which is how he supported his ministry, then I'm sure we could get up 15 minutes earlier uh, to read our Bible and pray. And someone will say, well, I already get up at 4.30. But the point is that we prioritise some time each day to hear from God, whenever that is, whatever time of day. If Paul experienced real hunger, I mean, you know, the kind, not the kind of hunger from, uh, you know, missing a meal, those slight hunger pangs, but real hunger, then I'm sure we can engage in the discipline of fasting, unless, of course, there's a medical reason uh, that prevents us from doing so, in which case don't fast. But most of us could fast. Because these are the things that God will use to build our characters so that we can be effective ambassadors of reconciliation. This season of Lent, let's press the reset button. 
and aim to emerge spiritually stronger at Easter than we are now. Finally, let's remember that being reconciled to God means belonging to his kingdom, a kingdom where everything seems to be upside down. Power is made perfect in weakness. The proud are brought down and the lowly are lifted up. The first, the last, and the last, the first. And often being part of God's kingdom means that there will be apparent contradictions in our lives in a good way. Listen to the last three verses of our reading as Paul continues to describe the Christian life. Genuine, yet regarded as impostors. Known, yet regarded as unknown. Dying, and yet we live on. Beaten, and yet not killed. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making others rich. Having nothing, and yet possessing everything. Those kind of contradictions do not go unnoticed. Don't be afraid to be different. You are called to be different. It's part of your witness to the world. Those apparent contradictions show that you are reconciled to God and that you belong to his kingdom. And they give you the currency to be an ambassador of reconciliation. So it's Ash Wednesday when we focus on our sin and mortality, but we also focus on the solution. We can be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. And once we're reconciled, we have a purpose to be ambassadors of reconciliation so that God can make his appeal through us. The stakes are high. Being reconciled to God is literally a matter of life and death. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that this season of Lent, that we will take it seriously, that we'll engage in spiritual disciplines that will build our character, not just over the period of Lent, but beyond as well. But we pray that Lent will be the time when we form these good habits. Help us to be ambassadors of reconciliation, to proclaim the good news of Jesus to those around us. Give us the courage to do that. We pray that they'll see in our lives something different, something desirable, something that sets us apart. We pray, Father, that we will be an effective witness to the gospel. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.